Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of the CCN Podcast. It's my pleasure today to have my guy, Brendan Scoopy Robinson, come through. Thanks, Thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having me, man. I've been chasing you for a while. No, don't chase, man. Yeah. I, I, listen, I've been running. You know, the yeah. play, NBA Finals just ended, and uh, I've been chasing stories. So yeah. I gave you my word. 16th, yeah. I was in here. I got you. And uh, I could have been anywhere in the world, but I came here. Okay. Hit me with the J-line? Yes. Oh. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, for everyone that doesn't know or aren't really into the whole sports news or just news in general scene, um, can you run through what you do? Uh, simply put, I'm the managing editor and columnist at Respect Magazine. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, I am a host of a podcast called the Scoop B Radio Podcast. Scoop B Radio has been featured everywhere from ESPN, Billboard, Bleach Report, Forbes, New York Daily News, everywhere in between. But we've been running for about. I see you. I see you. Yes, sir. I see you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hard work, and you know, shout out to my team: DJ Maniel, uh, Eric Salvary, uh, my guy Fred Ornette. Uh, you know, it's a collaborative effort, and uh, and my sister Candice Moore. She tells me, uh, respect the transcribers. So she transcribes a lot of my interviews as well as my guy Fred, and uh, my girl Angie. Just everybody. I want to make sure. I, I shout anybody if I missed you, charge it to my head, not my heart. But it was definitely a collaborative effort. Everybody put their work to make Scoopy Radio a success. Fantastic, man. I, I already know from, from this side, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So it's awesome that you shouted everyone out. Of course. You just, you just mentioned the finals. Did, where, what did you think of the result of that before we get to anything else? I mean, it was a collaborative effort. You, you look at what the Golden State Warriors did. Um, you know, you, you want to say, oh, they built a super team and you know, added Durant, but uh, Durant came into a situation that was built for him. Sometimes when you leave a situation, and uh, ladies, if you're listening, sometimes you gotta you gotta leave the team you're on and go go to a super <laughs> team and get around. You know, Kevin Durant. This is the crazy. What, what he had to do. Oh, quick shout out to Monster Energy, our other sponsors. Um, our host, plug. 
Yo, yeah. No, for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Monster Energy, of course. Um, First and foremost, our hosts and sponsors, Equal Space. If you're ever in Newark, New Jersey, please check us out. Shout out to Kelly and Medina, chilling in the background. Taking Um, photos, candid photos. And his, uh, Air Max 90, and his Air Max 90s, all yeah. whites. Uh, also, Moshi. Uh, always show love to Moshi. They always show love to me. Uh, shout out to Tammy. And, of course, Discord app. So, back when we were talking about the, the finals, Durant, a lot of people were sort of, well, there was a, I think, I forget what what clip I saw online where a lot of, a lot of guys, it was several clips where they're basically saying LeBron's pretty much started this trend. And it's it's all downhill from here. Super teams, you know, players gathering. On, it's, it's not competitive anymore, so on and so forth. What do you think about that? Um, I think people give LeBron flack because of the way that he uh, decided to leave. But I also think that um, when you look at it, uh, a team in the Warriors who in year one went out and won a championship, that's not necessarily reminiscent of, of, the, of, the, of the Miami Heat because you remember they lost the first year to the Dallas Mavericks. But in fact, that's more like the Boston Celtics. Yeah. 2007-2018 who ended up playing the Lakers and winning. You know, mm-hmm. I was back when Kevin Garnett was, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, he and Ray Allen left their, their surroundings and uh, went that way. But, you know, it's funny that people say that because if you really look at 95 – Mm-hmm. Clyde Drexler left uh, Portland to go to Houston and teamed up with Hakeem Olajuwon and Sam Cassell and my man Kenny Smith and you know Robert Ory, all those guys. I mean that that was that was um, the beginning of some may say ring chasing, but I mean that goes back to the eighties. Uh, but I, I think in this era of AAU basketball and everybody being friends, mm-hmm. um, it stands out. It, it's just a lot easier. Sure, it's and a lot it's easier. Nice. Um, well, it's. I think it's still competitive on the court, but like you know, behind the behind the scenes, everyone's hanging out, everyone's friends, so it's easier for stuff like that to happen. It's a different era. You took it back though. No, I mean you took it way back. You, 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 listen, you have to give credit to the past before you start talking about the president. You know, the thing about it is, people say what they want about LeBron James and Kevin Durant. When when LeBron went to Miami to team up with Chris Bosh and, and Dwayne Wade, he took a pay cut. You know, LeBron is just now starting to get his worth. Um, as a player, uh, the same way Michael was getting his 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 just do around the time the Bulls had the second third heat, and you know Kevin Durant took less money. You know, yeah. when you look at it, Steph Curry's going to end up making the max. Wow. He and Russell Westbrook will be the top paid players. You know, they're talking now, and you know, with the collective bargaining agreement and and, and, and you know the the all the different things, intricacies going on in the new CB, uh, collective CBA. You know, Steph Curry can get. A lot of money. I think they're talking in the two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred fifty million range. And he he said something recently that like the whole uh, I don't I don't count another man's money thing. A lot of people were. Uh, I think it was a reporter who asked him, "What does he think about? I guess less effective players getting paid more than him." Like Mike Conley of of the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who has never made an All Star team, but. Uh, has the highest um, contract in the NBA. Kind of, you know, there's nothing new under the sun as your parents said, always said to you growing up. But to me, it was no different than when Jawan Howard was getting that big contract versus when Kevin Garnett got that huge contract while they were both playing. And 
I remember towards the end, many fans were upset that that you know Jawan Howard got that huge deal with the, or as our president would say, that huge deal uh, back with the Washington Bullets or the Washington Wizards way back when. But um, you know, you should never count another man's pocket. You should go get yours. But you know, I, I think um, with this new collective bargaining agreement, a lot of people will get fed. Did I heard about that. We're going to touch back on that, but but if we could bring it around to tech for a second, what do you think about movement line uh, analysis? They're using it in basketball, but they're using it in a lot of other stuff too. Um, I'm a huge MMA fan, and you have guys like um, Conor McGregor who are bringing that's a name, yeah, who are bringing all types of new training methods and skills to to the game that most people. I, I think Blake Griffin is also doing. Um, I think what do they get into? Um, movement coaches, which is which is new, and it's sort of the the whole new MMA fad. What do you think about athletes using tech? Is it is it fair? I mean, everyone has access to it. Is it cheating? What What do you think about that? You know, it's interesting. Um, when I was watching the finals, I heard Jeff Van Gundy's commentary about. Um, I remember doing that timeout or something. Kyrie Irving hurt his back or something. His man's back got stiffed up, and then the trainer was using some type of contraction. I think I don't want his for for for, for um, cramps. Maybe it was. And you know, Van Gundy was lamenting. You know, he's very old school. Jeff Van Gundy, color commentator on ABC and ESPN, was saying, "Oh man, they didn't have this back in my day." Um, I, I think with technology changing, so does the way that you use it. You know, on the court. And, you know, I think for me, the, the, the premonition of that was when you saw assistant coaches during morning shoot-arounds with laptops and showing video from last night's game. Um, and then from a technological technological perspective, a gaming perspective, I know you and I are going to talk yeah. gaming a little later. Yeah, but, You know, even the analytics that go on where you can gather the stats from a night's nice game and all that stuff gets, gets carried over into the version of NBA 2K or, yeah. or Madden. And, you know, it longer the longer the days where when I was in college and I had a PlayStation Two, you had to download the patch, and the patch was available every what two months. Yeah, that's way about. You know that that's it's 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 a new day. Shout out to the Two K team; they were they showed us love for um, Game Crunch. So I know they took, they gave you games for days. Yeah, they take care of me every year. Shout out to Two K. Uh, Madden is EA. They need to step their game up and send me some new stuff and put them on blast. Uh, <laughs> Now they used to send me stuff. They kind of stopped sending stuff, but Two K takes care of me every year. Yeah, yeah, Two K. They they have a great team over there. Mm -hmm. They say they say the new NBA Live is, is something. To, is, is something. To, um, to we demoed it. We we demoed it. It was it was pretty dope. The details, the sneakers. The details on sneakers, details on on the facing overall gameplay is a lot smoother. It's a lot smoother. How would you compare it to Two K? Seventeen. Yeah. Um. Well, we, we did 2K17 for, for Game Crunch a couple weeks back. I mean, 2K17 is still very popular. Not a lot of people have adapted, um, adopted um, 2K18. I don't know if that – has that dropped yet? 2K18 comes out that, I, I sometimes get it skewed because we get a copy, so I just assume everyone's played it. But You played 18 already? Yeah, they got demos out. I think a bunch of people were playing it at E3. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't get it till I don't get the actual game until, like – Maybe a month before it oh. comes out. Like when the players get it, I'll, mm. I'll get something in the mail. Too. You should you should head out to like um, E3. So I don't know if you've been yet. But it's in Vegas, right? L.A. Okay, 
Like in January or February? It just passed. It literally last week. Okay. But um, the gameplay is a lot smoother. Um, detailing, of course. I mean, every generation of games, like you know, as far as graphics, but I think more important the graphics is is gameplay, and a lot of people are, are happy with the the improvements. So the game price, anyway. It's lit. How much are they charging for the game? You know, what I think it's I think it's the still um still sixty bucks about. You know what they should and, do. What? They should do what 2K did back in the day. You remember when 2K used to come out with like old school uh, Xbox? Um, it would be like 19.99 or 29.99. Do you remember mm. that? No. There used to be an NCAA 2K. There would be a so it was like Josh Childress when he was at Stanford on the cover of the NCAA 2K, and it would be like uh, it would be like uh, NFL 2K. And if all those 2K games started with like Dreamcast. Oh, so yeah. like I remember I had a Dreamcast and I used to it was Randy Moss on the cover of like NBA two oh excuse me, NFL two K one. Those those things used to retail for like the, the Xbox for like nineteen ninety nine, twenty nine ninety nine. Back in the day. They EA Sports should do that. I think the the days of games costing that much are are long gone. I think so. Some of these game studios can barely make money with them charging what the, the games are now. I think they the the price point for the Xbox One X is is five hundred bucks. So the One X is what is that the new generation of the Xbox One? It was it was called Project Scorpio, and it's Microsoft's answer, I believe, to the the PS4 Pro. But they've been developing it for a while. Okay. So um, it's actually the most powerful console ever created. If you have if you have game rigs, if you're a PC gamer, then I mean that's that's a whole debate. But as far as mm-hmm. as far as consoles go, it's it's definitely more powerful than the PlayStation 4 Pro, I believe. But you have both consoles at the same time. I don't think the game developers have taken full advantage of the the processor or the graphics or anything of of what they have going on now. So. I think we we might be able to get a, a good five years out of this. You're making me feel old, but at the same time, um, I'm sure you've heard of this because you're you're a computer guy. But are you familiar with FamilyCast? FamilyCast. 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 So when I was in college, I was with uh, I had some friends that were that were uh, computer guys, and they, uh, a buddy of mine, create gave me a CD that has all of Nintendo games ever made. And I could play it on my Sega Dreamcast. Oh, so it was like some type of emulator setup. Yeah. Oh. And then I remember when I was in grad school, like I would invite young ladies over, and we would like have wine, mm. and we'd like we'd order food, and play, they'd play like Barbie uh-huh. on on on, a, on uh, the Family Cast. They we played Mario Brothers. We'd have like we'd have like me and my roommates, like two of my roommates were in law school. One of them was in business school. And we would like invite people over, not just girls. We would have people right. over, and homies over, and we would play old school Mario Brothers. We played Duck Hunt. We play um, uh, uh, Dino Ricky. Mm-hmm. We play just all the Nintendo games. Darkwing Duck. You get a chance to check out the Nintendo Switch yet? No. You? It's pretty dope, yeah. It's pretty dope. We, um, I think the first time I played it was out at um, Pax East a couple of months ago in Boston, and it was pretty impressive. That's dope. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Right, so, what's the price tag of that? Oh, I think it. Don't quote me on. It, I think it's like three hundred. I I was trying to get them to just send me one, so they, I. They, I, they I, I you, it. You yeah. the plug. Yeah. 
You plug. But Nintendo it's um, Nintendo's funny like that. Nintendo is. Nintendo's funny like that. PlayStation is more giving. Yeah. Xbox. So, my, the guys over at Microsoft are, are a little bit more chill. The guys over at um, I don't want to say more chill. I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody, but Nintendo they're a little bit. Um, they play a little bit close to the chest, so I don't know. Maybe. We'll just say they're more frugal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I, I still I still think that sounds bad. Well, I said it not mm. I'll, t- I'll, I'll eat this mm. one. If yeah. you're watching, I'll eat this one. He didn't right. say it, I said it. Right. <laughs> the Nintendo guys, for the longest, I think they're playing catch-up now because they weren't they weren't really focused on mobile gaming. They thought it was a fad. Their stock actually went up when Pokemon Go came out. Their stock skyrocketed because people thought Nintendo put it out. Yeah, I, I think um, Nintendo kind of missed the ball after Wii mm-hmm. because I think Nintendo was was uh, marketing themselves as just like family fun. Yeah, and I think that after Dreamcast and after the the combination of after Dreamcast, N sixty four, and PlayStation two, it's like they gave up. Kind of mm-hmm. like how I feel like EA Sports gave up. When 2K started taking over, and I think they have a lot of ground to kind of make up on, um, because you got a whole generation that is not familiar, a couple generations, I say a generation and a half that's not familiar with you. You know, it's kind of like when you have a conversation, like I spoke to some kids today, I asked them if they knew who Jason Kidd was, they said no. You know, but if you tell them to coach the Milwaukee Bucks, they get it. Like, you missed a whole generation of, of just people who missed that boat. I, I think it's a generational thing, though. You have this generation. If, I mean, here comes another one of my famous segues. They're awful. But um, I was having a music conversation with some people that are a bit younger than me. And no one cares about past generations. If you talk about anyone who's like a... A hip hop fan, I was going to ask you about what your thoughts were on um, how technologies basically changed the the music game. But no one really cares about old school anything. If if you speak to someone about oh who who's your top five, it's people from the last I guess five years or so. They were very fickle. They they're into you one second, next second it's like. Yeah, so. But you know what's crazy about that? We were the same way. Like people say, oh, nah, the, come on! Nah, listen, man. I feel like when it comes to talking about generations, like you know, okay, so talking about um, the recession and and the, and and how the financial crisis affected our generation, I feel like we have grounds to say that our parents had it. Um, easier because at this age they were able to own property. They probably did live at home, things of that sort. But I think when it comes to music, I feel like us saying our music is our generation's music is better, or that the generation behind us does not respect the people that came before them is no different than our parents saying, "Oh, um, this generation sampled from this person." So we went from our generation sampling. P. Funk and George Clinton and Sam Those are Blank. homages, though, right? Right. But then now, Anita Baker is our generation, is, is who the generation now that's current, like the, the, the I'll say the 12 year olds to the 26 year olds, what they're sampling. So the stuff like Luther Vandross, Anita Baker, uh, uh, stuff like that, the generation now is sampling that stuff. I feel like every generation says that the other generation doesn't respect them. I mean, you have um, 
Well, we can we can have the improv <laughs> debate for days. But yeah. I feel like okay, if when I was younger, I still to this day I'm I'm a Wu Tang fan. Sure. Right. I don't think new artists discount old artists, but younger generations are sort of like, oh, he's old. That's that's old. That's sure. Old time. Sure. That's not cool anymore. Basically, music doesn't. In their eyes, stand the test of time. It has a shorter shelf yeah. life now than it did then, because Anita Baker was still cool. Because back in locally, we'd listen to CD 101.9 with our parents, and it was still cool. Yeah. Rest in peace to CD 101.9. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that <laughs> we're in Newark, so shout out to BWBGL. But uh, when you when you when you look at that, I think you're right. I think when people think that Wu Tang is old, I think though, I think Wu Tang and Dipset have a similar homage in a way that maybe, and I'm just throwing this out here, it's not even hip-hop, that maybe Hanson or the Spice Girls may not have. Maybe not the Spice Girls, but Hanson. Dip Set is this has like a cult. Like, Well, number one is Harlem. Huge, yeah, huge Dip Set. Dip Set is Harlem, yeah. and Wu-Tang is Staten Island. So yeah. those are both very novel, those are novelties in hip-hop in and of itself. Yeah. I've always said when I was younger that hips that that Dipset was the um, was our generation's Wu Tang because I feel like I can see that I feel like they they have that co following but you know when Wu Tang hits the Chappelle show they're yeah. they're they they're considered timeless now now the Chappelle show was throwback yeah but even the Chappelle show I mean that's considered I, I older could, people we could we could consider Chappelle show mainstream but I I would sort of I mean Wu Tang was mainstream too. Diversify uh, your bonds. Yeah, yeah. But see, that I think Wu Tang was 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 crossover in the nineties because Old Dirty Bastard was just crazy. Yeah. You know when recipes. <laughs> I, I, recipes. I never forget when he had his food stamp paperwork as his <laughs> yeah, album yeah. cover. Wasn't that? Was it? He had he had something like on MTV or something where he went to the. <laughs> yeah, he used, he him, yeah, but shout out to food stamps being on paper. That's how yeah. you know. That's how you know paperwork. we all. That's, yeah. Everything is swiping. But you know when you when you look at when you look at just the dichotomy of how far hip hop is going, I know we will stay stuck on this novelty thing. To it's it's interesting to me when people think that Jay Z's Black album is old school. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying yeah. is kind of true. Like Blueprint Three and 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 um, American Gangster to to some are more are more modern, but. Mathematically, that makes sense. My sister was born in '96. Reasonable Doubt came out in '95. I I watched I watched I think it was um, I think it was Migos and Little Yachty uh -huh. debate. I don't know if it was who their favorite rapper was or who the greatest rapper of all time was. And I got super frustrated. I didn't, I couldn't even watch the rest of it. I was just like, Who did they say the greatest rapper of all time was? I think, you know, matter of fact, I think Quavo said Jay. So I was like, I was like, okay. And then someone else was like, Nah, it's it's Kendrick. And I was like, uh, But you got to take into consideration that Drake took people fifteen years younger than us. Is is at the point now where Jay was? After Blueprint One, uh, I I don't know. Not saying bar for bar. Yeah. Not saying. I'm not even going to the bars. Like, 
I mean, it's it's harder to sell album now, albums now, so we can we can take that into account and like you know tours. I mean, music changed overall, so I I think we can take that into account. And um, technology's had a lot to do with that. We're going to touch on that in a second. This is the the least tech tech blog we've I mean tech uh, podcast we've had ever. But um, <laughs> I want to talk about this. So Jay, I I don't know it's. I'm a, I'm a Drake fan. I'm I, I love his music. He's dope. I, I feel like Rockefeller as a it wasn't just Jay, but the whole quote unquote Rockefeller era felt bigger. Sure, you you had um, if you check out oscoopyradio.com, I had an interview with Too Short, mm-hmm. and I asked Too Short um, when was the first time that he heard Beanie Siegel rap. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you talk about Rockefeller, my dude, um, Neef Buck, who was part of the Young Guns out in Philly. I was just texting people and asking, yo, what do you think I should ask too short about such and such and so? So obviously Beans is part of state property along yeah. with you know, Neef. And I asked him when was the first time he heard uh, Beanie Siegel rap. And he said the first time he heard Beans rap um, was after he and Jay were in the studio singing It Was All Good Just a Week Ago. Remember that song? Yeah. And he said Beans just came in and shut down the whole room. and. He said that after Beans, it was the first time that Jay heard Beans perform, and Jay's expression was, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. Mm. Um, the point I'm making is this. I wrote something last week in Respect Magazine. I, I said that the Bulls were, or excuse me, that Rockefeller was the Chicago Bulls of our era. Yes. You, like, you know, you had your Michael, who was Jay. You had mm. your Scotty, which was Kanye. Yeah. You know, and then you and then you you had your Steve Kerr's, your Tony Kuhn coaches, your Rodman's, your Horace Grants. Whether that was Memphis Bleak, whether that was um, Beans, whether that was Freeway, whether that was Oshino Sparks, whether that was Freeway, all those guys. Those guys were the Bulls. Like, like the only people and thing in the last fifteen years that could replicate what they did was maybe G Unit. Definitely. I mean, what they were what staying power? I, I feel like <laughs> albums, albums, the shelf life now. I think tech has a lot to do with oh, it. Oh, definitely. The way Excellent music, segue. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, the way we consume music now, whether it be like, you know, through streaming, like Spotify, so on and so forth. I don't know if it's too much access because back in the day when you bought an album, it was tangible. You, you, you bought the album. I remember when I bought um, 50 Cents The Massacre and I went home, I put it in a CD player. You I sat it? with it. I, I bought it. I bought the right. actual CD. Right. That might have been the last CD I bought. Put it in the... the I mean, back in the day, like, I mean, I could have like just downloaded it off of some peer-to-peer thing, but I like 50 and I wanted to support it, so... LimeWire. Yeah. The Nutella. Yeah. Bear Share. Yeah. Rest in peace. We don't, <laughs> we don't want nobody coming after us. They've been going hard. I think HBO and Amazon, they all just... Um, teamed up to to fight um, pirating. Pirating is, is that whole culture. I think is is going in the next couple of years. The last major thing I ever downloaded. My mom's listening, but you know what? So what? I remember when I was in college. Remember when you used to download a ton of stuff in dorms, and they used to shut down your landline. Yeah. You would the last thing I downloaded that got me shut off was Kim Kardashian and Ray J's porn uh, sexes. <laughs> and I remember like when I fat because I was fast forward and I said. I lost my dad oh. privileges for that. Oh wow! <laughs> he, 
they were taking breaks going to McDonald's. Like I, I was telling my grandmother that story. I said, that's your grandma. She was like, what were they famous for? And I said, they're famous for a sex tape. And I was like, I downloaded this in the dorm room and they think it's just in McDonald's. Like, who has commercial breaks? You still excited about this video? No, nah, I mean, it was funny. Yeah. It was funny when you sit back. It's just I, just yeah. kind of piggybacking off of what you said about technology. And I think one of the things that you that you touched that on. That was a crazier segue, by the way. No, but I, no, but I, honestly, I think that when you talk about the, 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 the elasticity of you know, buying an album. I think that um, where we are is this, it, it was. It was almost like um, going to Cuba and buying a cigar mm-hmm. and being able to bring it back. With the embargo, you could do so now. But right. actually, sitting back and enjoying what you purchased, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that was the last extension to the record. Right. You know, that our parents or our grandparents had. And I think you know when you talk about buying a massacre, like I think Piggy Bank was on that album. Yeah, also it was. On Piggy Bank, yeah, it was. Uh, Candy Shop. It was. Uh, um, Ryder Music. Yes. Um, Gatman. Gatman was on. Gatman there. and Robin. Yeah. yeah. How, uh, uh, I, mean, how to, I think How to Rob was on. There. No, How to no. Rob. You know what How to Rob was on? How to Rob. Remember the movie Into Deep? Yeah. Okay. With Omar Epps and Nella Cool J. It yeah. was that was on the Into Deep album. Oh, okay. Um, that was and that was off of 50's first album, Power of a Dollar. Get Rich or Die Trying wasn't the first album. Yeah, Get Richard Dietrich, I think, was almost like a best of thing. It was like a lot of songs. Bro. It was his first official album because yeah. when he signed the M. Columbia dropped him after he got shot. Power of a Dollar was on Columbia. But we're going all over. Yeah. I think SoundCloud changed the game. Yeah. SoundCloud rappers, indie rappers changed the game. But to be honest with you, we're kind of going through a rebranding period. When, when you, you don't think it was Apple Music? I think it was the Apple Music culture that spawned the, the SoundCloud that made everybody think that they could rap. And I think that um, Kendrick Lamar dropping the album that he dropped uh, recently, and I think other folks, not just Kendrick, but I think, you know, that whole mumbling rap. Now, don't get me wrong, I like that mask on, mask off. It's cool to play, you know, play to work out to, but I think we're getting to a point where the lyrics are starting to be the end thing again and where you're seeing indie guys start to sign um, distribution deals. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a buddy that just signed to a, a distribution deal. I've been covering him for a while with Priority Records. Jay signed, did Reasonable Doubt through Priority and made a ton of money. You're seeing guys now going back to the origins of where it started in the 90s. And I think that SoundCloud is cool, but, you know, and everybody's trying to I think everybody's it. hip to the whole 360 deal, and no one's really... I mean, if you can help it, you have more and more artists. Uh, Joe came back out. He had no intention of... Um, his words signing to to a major Joe Button, uh, no, uh, Fat Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to Joe Button though. Um, yeah, I, I love his podcast. He and DJ Academics. Um, you have uh, Chance the Rapper who basically forego that whole process of signing to the label, and again, this is where Chance is different though, because because Chance. I, for a while, I, I, well, still, I, I still have my ear to the street on the, on the Chicago hip-hop scene. Uh, I've been writing about a lot of lyricists from there in that area for a while. Chance is different because his father was connected to Obama, um, and his father was connected to the current mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, um, and it's just very politically co- connected. And How'd that help him musically? Um, because I think that if... The, the city of Chicago mess with you if the, if the political side helps you, and you're in the earbuds of these NBA players like a Derrick Rose who's from Chicago or 
Jimmy Butler who plays for the Bulls or LeBron who was the other day was 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 on video uh, rapping to uh, T Grizzly. Yeah. Um, if guys are, it's no different than with Kevin Hart piggybacked where uh, uh, um, Cat Williams left off at and developed good solid relationships with NBA players. I think if if the, if the mainstream is messing with you, particularly players, they dictate what. What's popular? Yeah, and I think Chance, you know, I also think he just has the support of Chicago. I think, you know, I was at a, I was at Game Four of the uh, NBA playoffs between the, the Celtics and the Bulls out in Chicago, and you know, they had like a re, a Bulls reunion day. They showed Scotty and Taurus there. They put the camera on them on the jumbotron. They showed Derrick Rose. They put the camera on them, and then they put the camera on on uh, Chance the Rapper. And everybody screamed louder for him than they did Scotty Pippen and Horace Grant. That's terrible. I mean, but 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 he's. He, he did it the right way. You know, he stopped at places like Leaders, which is a store in Chicago, and did his album release parties there. Now, everybody's trying to do their album release parties in Chicago um, that are from Chicago at Leaders. And um, it's just, it's, it's, you have to be nostalgic. You People have to reach you. I think the problem is people just want the fast food results without actually going through the main, like actually having a home cooked meal. Chance reached his audience by being accessible. But I feel like you have more longevity, whether it be, we're, we're not going to touch on, um, because I think we're shifting to a whole entrepreneur. Right now, but, <laughs> Which is part uh, of tech. Yeah, 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 tech has a big big role in that. I, I, I'm almost close to giving up the whole the whole tech thing right now. Oh, but, boy. Uh, no, not not in general. I just meant with this conversation. Okay. It's so much more interesting outside of it. But um, when you build a foundation, there's more longevity in your career as long as, as far as music, whatever. When there's shortcuts, when it's it's built on a gimmick or something, it, it doesn't last so long. Well, it kind of tied back into the to the uh, technology part. I think nice. the entertainment portion in general is very smoke and mirrors. You know, mm-hmm. you know where you can buy followers, you can get fake likes, you can yeah. get fake retweets, um, you can um, pay to get placements in magazines. Um, I think that, but I think that's, that's nothing, that's nothing new. It's nothing new, but I think because of the financial, the economic climate we're in right now, I think a lot of people get frustrated, which forces them to create more and more shortcuts. Then, I mean, that's actually, um, a good segue to another thing we're talking about because we're both journalists. So money and news, Mm -hmm. a lot of people like, uh, like you, you have your old school reporters, like a uh, a Wolf Blitzer or someone. A, a lot of these guys are like you have to get money out of news. There's no, I don't want to say honor in it anymore, but even even on on this level, you feel a pressure to perform. You feel a pressure for for traffic. You feel the pressure of of earning so on and so forth. The more sensational stories take precedence over ones I guess we would deem more important. Sure. So you're asking me... I mean, what do you think about money and news right now? I mean, well, I think you still have to pay the bills. It's just, you know... I think um, the model in which you're drinking Monster right now and you're... Shout out to Monster. Shout out to Monster. And you're able to monetize the sponsorship through there. Um, I think what we're dealing with right now is that there is a shift going on. And what you're finding is the young people... Are 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 battling with the old people 
who are who are Stephen A. Smith's age at 50, all the way to John McCain's age at 70 plus. Those people are holding on to their jobs for dear life. And because they're holding on to their jobs for real life, and because we are children of the 90s and the 2000s, we are finding new ways to, to be personalities and sources of news. When I was in grad school, I took a, a, a feature writing class. This was in 2009, and, it, and the professor said um, to us, they said, Gonna gonna be the times where you are going to be tied down to a job. Um, enterprising journalists are going to be the wave. So you have to build your following on Twitter. It's, at the time, it was just Twitter and Twister. Twitter was going through, you know, things weren't going viral like that. Yeah. Um, but basically, the professor predicted what we see now and what was a great indicator. I mean, you look at a few things. Nike's getting ready to cut jobs. Yeah. Uh, ESPN cut 100-plus jobs. Um, and yet and still, even with that, you're still finding young people um, who are finding ways to make their voice heard. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, the way to get in the door is free enterprising because you're able – you never go wrong betting on yourself. And I kind of think when you take in the hip-hop out-the-trunk approach to news, yeah. a lot of times you actually get more done. Um, I think, but I also think that you have to take a leap of faith. You know, when I started out reporting and doing stuff, I finished grad school in 2011. Nobody was checking for me. I had to create something out of nothing. Um, you know, Scoopy Radio was an idea that I had for a while, but basically, um, it took a, a plan. It took a concept and people are starting to, um, latch on. And I think that the key is, uh, branded content, um, sponsorships, um, and kind of being patient and waiting your time because these old folks that I may have mentioned, not necessarily them specifically, but of their generation, mother time never lies. I, I think those job losses may, a lot of it may be due to certain jobs being obsolete. Mm -hmm. You know, in the in world tech, I, I was talking to, it's hard to recall all these conversations I talked to a lot. Sure. Sure, but you I would I would equate this to the whole um, horse and buggy thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, there aren't more horse and buggy repairmen or whatever it is, but that's because there's no need for it anymore. As as time goes on, those jobs be uh, become replaced by better jobs. If we're shifting to a topic we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, green tech is going to replace coal and natural gases. Stuff like you know, wind technology, solar energy, so on and so forth. So those jobs just shift sure. now. The the people who can't adjust or pivot fast oh. enough are you know they they're out. But I'm sure Nike just recently started investing in and looking into uh, Nike and a lot of companies um, augmented reality. Basically, ways to advertise with that, ways to use augmented reality and stores, so on and so forth. Those are new jobs. Now, of course, they're getting rid of older jobs, stuff that they've either found a way to automate or or streamline. But to break I it down, yeah. to, to break it down similar, um, for those who live in the New York metropolitan area, when you drive down the New Jersey Turnpike. What did you used to have? A whole bunch of toll collectors. Yeah. Exact change or, you know, the line where the toll collectors were taking your money. What changed the game? Easy pass. 
I don't know why certain people still don't have easy pass when I'm like flying down the the turnpike of the parkway. Maybe the way the see, maybe the way their bank account is set up, right? You know, but no, I mean, technology, <laughs> technology uh, is is replacing things. But I also do think there is such a thing as easy cheaper though. It is cheaper, but I think you know sometimes people don't get the unlimited. Like I took an Uber. I was taking an Uber today, and somebody, my driver was driving, and um, they had to while they were in traffic, they had to make sure that they put their bank card in the um, in the system because they ran out of they ran out right. of trips. Right. Maybe they don't ride it. Maybe they stay local. They don't have to take the turnpike as much. But you know, I, I think that um, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But I, right. I think I think with technology, when technology changes, people have to adjust. And I also think that employers have gotten smarter because employers realize that if they drop somebody who's being paid a hundred thousand dollars a year, that they can pay two people fifty thousand dollars for the same job. And with the light, with the health insurance stuff going on right now with Obamacare, you know, they could pay them fifty thousand dollars and then save money on on um in health insurance. So I, I just think with the times changing, the people change and people find cheat codes to make things happen the way that they want them to happen. I mean, when when things become auto, um, automated and so I I think about guys like Elon Musk and I think Mercedes and companies like Apple are working on automated cars and so on and so forth. Yeah, that eliminates a lot of jobs. But then it it creates new industries, it creates new jobs and forward-thinking people who are able to again pivot and figure this thing out will will be all right. I never really worry about. I do worry about the economy. That's a lie. But that's said it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do worry about the economy. That, that I was lying there. But yeah. I, I think you know people figure it out. I think that we got spoiled by the nineties. Yeah. The innovation of the nineties. I mean, you even look at a guy that I've interviewed in the past, Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He made his billions off the dot com era. And both the Dallas Mavericks. Back when it was the Wild West, though. Yeah, yeah. Now I think people are looking for that next best thing, and I think the app industry is where people are looking. Um, you know, and and certain things like social media, where you know you have Instagram, you have Snapchat, you have Facebook. But I also think we're think at next, a point. Hmm? Yeah, I was gonna say next thing I think is gonna pop. No, you finish your statement. I'll follow. Um, you were talking. It kind of ties back to when we were talking about the albums and the technology. I think we are in, a, in an over information overload stage. I'd agree with that. Um, we live in an open, multiple open tab society, and our attention spans are shorter. And we 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 listen to respond. That's the first time I've heard that. What? The multiple open tab society. Yeah, we live. In, you might. You might. Yeah. You might I'm still in it. Down. Yeah, All I'm right. still in it. You can have it. But um, we, I think we listen. We we have conversation to respond. We don't. We don't have a conversation to actually listen. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm glad that we can have this conversation with podcast because I think these are things that we discuss every day. You know, we can make them simplistic. You know, you come from one avenue of the world, I come from another avenue of the world, but there's so many things that dovetail what we do every day. I, I don't think there's such a thing as tech people anymore. I think there are people who are a little bit further along in, in their knowledge, but everybody is technologically inclined now. My mom... I think just recently got a smartphone. Not recently. She's had a, a child's to Medina recording right now. Um, she's had a smartphone for maybe like two years now. And she's lightning fast with that at that point. I think everybody's sort of becoming hip to it. You have 
refrigerators becoming network, washing machines being network. I don't see the point in that necessarily, but everyone's becoming a tech person. It's it's in everyday life now. So I think it's people clinging to the past. You have stuff like the thing I was going to touch on before, cryptocurrency. You have stuff like Lex Luthor and Superman in here, cryptocurrency? No, cryptocurrency. Like um, you've heard of Bitcoin, right? No. Bitcoin is... Oh, yes. Bitcoin, yes. So, and it's funny because I was talking to someone years ago about Bitcoin and I wish I invested in it because I believe $100, $100 worth of Bitcoin in 09, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. Now is worth somewhere around $70 million. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to sound overly churchy, but I also think some of the stuff that we're talking about is biblical. You know, talking about the last days where money's not exchanged anymore, um, and it's it's just interesting to see that that prophecy of where you don't exchange money at the. At the you don't think that's a natural progression, though. Everything's going digital, so I, you don't I, think money. I, going I do somewhere? think it's a natural. That's why I said I don't want to sound overly biblical. Mm -hmm. I am a Christian, but at the same time, I do think that. Um, it kind of goes to what we were talking about with the progression of music. Um, it sounds like I didn't say it wasn't, but it just sounds like you know everything that we've, we've grown up. But people have said since the beginning of time it was the last of days. So yeah, I don't. I hope not because things just started hitting for me. So, <laughs> I hope, so Lord, I hope it's not over. Things just started getting popping. Look, you you enjoy milk yeah. and honey on this end. You ain't yeah. trying to, yeah. try to check out just yet. But um, it's it's hard to attract though. So the the authorities have a big deal with the technology. Is always moved faster than the laws governing technology. So would you would you be interested in something like that? Bitcoin, putting investing your money in that. I mean, they said on the Wu Tang Bank on uh, Chappelle, Chappelle show, diversify y'all bond. Konnichiwa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds interesting. I would have to read more about it, but it sounds interesting. I think one Bitcoin now is worth somewhere around twenty five hundred dollars. Again, don't hold me on it. When you when I hear the word Bitcoin, I think about those. Um, you know how when you used to go to the supermarket and you mm -hmm. pour your, your your water jug full of coins yeah. in there, and you get, you get like a you have to get like fifteen cents on every dollar, but you could yeah like that's what it reminds me. I know it's different. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds interesting. I mean, Cryptocurrency big now. Chatbots, once once you have that set up, that's sort of like a basic AI. Now you don't need call center people anymore. That that becomes obsolete. If I have a chatbot that works pretty efficiently, this person can walk through and you know talk to people, of course. But then the chatbot does most of the work for me. Maybe that's why Instagram isn't returning my phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just think the thing is, is, is it's faster. Right. Um, and it's interesting because you look online and you see all these, tra these train attendants or these train operators or conductors. And you see all these, these pilots having these accidents. It's, it's a combination of the, tech, of the things that they're driving, you know, being made more cheaply, but it's also people's uh, attention. Human is so error. Yeah, yeah. Would you be okay with your plane flying itself? No. So you wouldn't be okay in a self-driving car anyway? No. I, I think I think that, that um, 
I still think that technology is, is, is fallible, just like humans is fallible. You know, I, I, you think of it like this. I'm stumbling a little bit, but if you really think about it, you know, we, we talk about the U.S. allegedly being under a cyber attack with Russia and everything like that, right? Yeah. No matter where you stand on the, on the issue. The real way that, a, that, that, that somebody could attack us is to take out our power. You know why? Because we can't get on Instagram to charge our phones. If you really sit and think about it, okay, say you get on an airplane. God forbid somebody decides that they want to mess with a plane. At least I feel comfortable with a human operator, you know, landing us. Remember that episode of Fresh Prince when he was on that private plane with, yeah. with, with um, John Witherspoon? Yeah. I feel more comfortable with somebody going, mayday, 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 talking to somebody and trying to land it than depending on the machine. I, I, you don't know what people could plan. You don't, you don't think that... Machines, can, I, I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty on it because I think most car since just the the other day, a couple of months ago. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this whole legal thing going on, but um, I um, was in a car that was rear-ended by a drunk driver. Machines don't get drunk, you know. If every car on the road is automated and every car on the road is is networked to a degree, of course you have hackers. But I fear glitches. I fear the things you can't control. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's because, you know, our parents, you know, if your parents have said to you, listen, I'm too old to change. It's up to you to change. I don't know if your parents have said nah. that to you. I feel like uh, maybe I'm setting my ways where I'm used to a car being controlled by human, not uh, a machine. And until I really see how that really works, um, I'm going to stick to what I know. I but, you. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not rigid enough that I can't, you know, Change with the times. Change with the times, but right now, nah. I like human. Uh, I like uh, pilots on planes. I like to say bye to my pilot after I get off my flight. Um, this ain't the Jetsons of Back to the Future. Last year at CES, they had uh, they had man-sized drones that they were hoping to eventually turn into a sort of uh, Uber-like business where. You call you call a drone. It, it lands somewhere nearby. You hop in, takes off, flies you somewhere, drops you off. Completely. Uh, well, it's it's manned because you're in it, but it's remotely controlled. It's, it there's no one flying it on board. So your question is what? You wouldn't ride that. If it happens, guess what? Somebody owes uh, Remy Ma some checks. Because that would be a self-fulfilled prophecy. Remember it all the way up? She said helicopter Uber said oh. all the way up. Somebody owes yeah. me some checks. No, I mean, I think, um, listen. If I think a, that dropped before all the way up, though. Listen, I'm trying to help Remy get some checks. Yeah. So she me a check. No, I mean. She's handing out checks. Listen, listen. I think that um, if that happens where a drone is riding people around, uh, United Airlines, American Airlines, Continental Airlines, but it's Delta. Local. It's local though. It can only like if you're, I guess, again, we're in Newark. If you're in Newark, you take one part of Newark, maybe one town over. So like Bloomfield, East Orange. Yeah, but we're not talking like cross country. We're not talking trans Would you say Jersey City to Manhattan? Yeah. How much would it cost? I feel like once you eliminate the human element, you don't have to pay anybody, you're able to to bring prices down. So I'm sure it'd be relatively cheap. It's just who's riding it. I don't know, I'd be nervous. I'd wanna, she said. I'd wanna... <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I think I think um you're wild boy. Not me. No, I, I think I think um you're on to something. I mean, if they, listen, if Uber was the smartest company in the world, they're a car service company that owns no cars. Yeah. Um, and they create to the point that people in 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 in, in Manhattan and people in Jersey City and Hoboken hate Uber drivers. You can't stop at the taxi stand because it's hate. You know, they hate that, you know, they're, they're what did DJ Khan say? They don't want you to have uh, car service. You know what we did? We created car service. I think um, that's another, I'm going to get into a lot of debates because I was talking to some people about how, like, you know, medallions have dropped to, I think medallions that used to be several million dollars might be like 15, 30 grand. But that's the taxi companies resting on their laurels. No offense to anyone who's a cab driver, but. The cab companies as a whole resting on their laurels, sort of hanging about and someone coming around and, and innovating the old industry. Yeah, I mean, and I know, I know, like, I remember Jalen Rose was talking on Jalen Jacoby. I, re- I listened to an episode recently and he was talking about how, you know, if you arrive in a city doesn't, that doesn't have Ubers, you know, so like if he's arriving in, in Connecticut, and he's trying to get to New York. He'll take an Uber from Bristol to Manhattan. Or if you're in Boston and you're landing there and you're trying to get to Connecticut and you're trying to be there fast, you know, you do the same thing. They'll spend $200 on an on a Uber because you get reimbursed anyway. But I just think that's a sign of the times. Imagine taking a cab from uh, Newark Penn Station to Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, be paying a pr- I mean, at that point, I think that the cab driver will be off the meter um, and, and work something then, um, out with you. On top of that, service with Uber is better. It's cheaper. It's more efficient. I can call an Uber by the time I land or by the time I get to my gate. The cars are waiting for me. I know who my driver is. Uh, true story. We flew out to, I think I've told this story too much, but we flew out to um, New Orleans for collision two years ago. Okay, baby. <laughs> and we, um, we were covering the collision conference. Right. We went to Bourbon Street. Headed back to the house, we Airbnb'd the house, so sort of in the vein of Uber, but we took a cab. I left my phone in the cab, the cab drove off, I was lost. We called the cab company, they had no idea who the driver was, no idea what the car was, no one knew anything. If it was an Uber, I'd have that guy right back around in like five minutes. I mean, that was probably the last day I ever took a cab. I, I don't plan on taking cabs. Everybody. I think cabs are just for short distances. Like if you're trying to get from point A to point B, then the cab is there and it takes longer to go. It, it'll take longer for you, for the Uber to come to get the cab, you get the cab. The thing is you have options. You know, I think. Fighting to ca- catch cabs in the city. And it's, I, I'm, I'm not with it. Just, if my phone's dead, then I, I don't know. But maybe. But hands up trying to flag a cab down in, in Manhattan. I think we give an Uber too much price. They need to be sending you some promo codes. Oh, man, who are you telling? I'll reach out and send them a link. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we've been doing this for a while. I'm getting the, the signal flag that we should start wrapping up. So quick shout out to our sponsors again, our hosts over at Equal Space. Shout out to Kelly for sliding in here ever so quietly. Um Equal Space is down here in Newark. If you're ever in the area, please check it out. Shout out to Monster Energy. Shout out to Swoop. Swoop. Um, we're going to have those guys out 
out here really soon. It's a really cool app. We're going to drop some interviews and articles on calistechnews.com about those guys soon. Really cool stuff. Discord app and Moshi, of course. Shout out to the guys over at Moshi. They're they're always pretty awesome to us. And thanks, my guy Scoop, for coming through. Brendan. Brother, if I can real quick. Yeah, please. Make sure you guys check out the Scoop B Radio podcast. You can visit ScoopBeatRadio.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. Um, we have anybody from Too Short to Terrell Owens to Allen Iverson to uh, the voice of Siri mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast. And uh, Jalen Rose. It's a good time. Uh, sports, entertainment, lifestyle. Uh, everywhere in between. Even Better hope the world's not ending, man. Things are things are moving. Yeah, things are moving, and uh, you're on the you're on the up too, man. Thank you so I much for having no me problem. on the show. I appreciate you coming through. Yes, sir. I'm gonna check out the two short interview that that piqued my interest. I could talk about rap all day. It went viral. Word. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going. I'm going. Go check that out. Got to. Got Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.